Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Come be my light, the private writings of the Saint of Calcutta by Mother Teresa. Chapter 4 continued. Section 7 The Blueprint of the New Order. After these days of doubt and confusion during her stay at Darjeeling, Mother Teresa's usual state of consolation and certainty returned. She applied herself to answering Archbishop Perrier's questions, translating into concrete terms the implications of her mystical experiences and adding new details to those she had formulated in January. This time, she did not make reference to the voice, but specifically to our Lord and his requests to her. Her complete focus was Jesus alone. He was the reason for her future apostolate, the model of her charity, the standard of her new way of life, the guarantee of her success. He was her everything. Loretto Convent, Darjeeling. Feast of Corpus Christi, 1947. Your Grace, in your last letter you told me, during my absence, set to work at your plan under the guidance of the Holy Ghost. During the novena of the Holy Ghost, I wrote out the few rules which might be useful. Today, after much prayer, I shall try with his help to answer your questions. First, what exactly and in detail you want to do? Our Lord wants Indian nuns, victims of his love, who would be so united to him as to radiate his love on souls, who would lead Indian lives, dress like them, and be his light, his fire of love amongst the poor, the sick, the dying, the beggars, and the little street children. I want to satisfy this desire of our Lord by becoming Indian and leading that life for him and souls of the poor. To be united to him completely, we need be poor. Free from all, here comes the poverty of the cross, absolute poverty. And to be able to see God in the poor, angelic chastity, and to be able to be always at his disposal. Cheerful obedience. By these three, my sisters and myself desire to bring Christ into the unhappy holes of the slums of the Calcutta poor, and later on, of the other places. Second, the means by which you desire to bring it about. By going amongst the people, nursing the sick in their homes, helping the dying to make their peace with God, having little free schools in the slums for the little children, visiting the poor in the hospitals, and helping the beggars of the streets to lead respectful lives. In a word, act the charity of Christ amongst the poorest, and so make them know him and want him in their unhappy lives. If the number of sisters permits, 
We would also have a home for the lame, the blind, the outcasts of human society. The sisters will tour the villages and do the same work there. So as to be free to do more, the sisters will not be permanent in any place, but be always ready to do the work that is wanting in the Church of India. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. O sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why does Mother Teresa mention the church in these first two responses to the Archbishop's questions? She's going to answer each of them, but why does she mention the church? Because Mother Teresa wants to make the church present. Mother Teresa wants to live as a daughter of the church because the church is the mystical body of Christ on earth. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Jesus asked when Saul of Tarsus was on his way to persecute Christians in Damascus. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. Jesus and the church are just one thing, St. Joan of Arc liked to say, especially when she was on trial. Jesus and the church are just one thing. We shouldn't complicate the matter too much, she added. In other words, we cannot separate Christ and his church. But what if the church is failing to do something? Or what if there's some work that the body of Christ is meant to be doing or that she could be doing and she's not doing it? It's, it's wanting, it's lacking. Well, that's precisely what Mother Teresa says she wants to do. She's not challenging any existing structures. She's not trying to compete with anyone else. She's saying there is a need for the poorest of the poor of Calcutta to be helped. There is a want in the church for this kind of work. And that's what she's proposing to fulfill. Something needs to be done. And I want to do it she says. And why does she want to do it? Because she thinks Jesus is asking it of her. She really believes that Jesus is calling her to this work that needs to be done and is not being done. Does she have any illusions about what she's going to do? No. Twice in this reading tonight, she mentions unhappy. She says the unhappy holes of the slums. And she talks about people in their unhappy lives. She knows that people are suffering. She knows that there's so much pain and so much poverty and so much misery and so much unhappiness. And she wants to do something to bring Christ 
into that unhappy place. Why? Because she wants Christ to be loved and known. In that unhappy place, in that miserable place, she thinks that Christ can bring light, Christ can bring love, Christ can bring peace. When Pope Benedict was writing his book, Jesus of Nazareth, he took up the objection. Well, how can Jesus be true? What does Jesus offer? He hasn't, after 2,000 years, eliminated poverty or sickness or misery. What good is he? And what did the Pope say? He's brought us God. And when Pope Benedict was asked by a little girl in Japan in a live interview after a terrible natural disaster there when he was still Pope, why, Pope Benedict, did God allow this natural disaster? And the Pope said, I don't know, but I know that God is with you. Jesus has brought God close to us. In his person, God the Son is near us, and with him the Father is with us. And with the Father and the Son making their homes in our midst, the Holy Spirit is stirring up in our hearts a love for the Father and the Son. That Jesus Christ suffers with us, he stands by us, he knows what it's like for us to be where we are. And Mother Teresa is trying to do something like that. She's trying to bring God and his love and his peace into these unhappy places. And she believes that the only way she can do that in Calcutta in the 1940s is by living precisely as these poorest Indian women do. They will dress like them. They will eat like them. They will share their poverty. And therefore, by the authenticity of their lives, they'll be able to reach these people. That they will carry Christ in themselves and to radiate his love. And to make sure that they can truly be free, they're going to need to be poor. So they can be free, not worry about anything. No, we have nothing except his love. And we need to be chaste, unmarried, untied to some man. Why? So I can be at the Lord's disposal. A married woman has to be at the disposal of her husband, her own children. But the unmarried woman, St. Paul says, is concerned with the things of the Lord, how she might please him. And they also have to have a cheerful obedience. Because the work that they're going to have to do is going to be hard. And it's going to be complicated. And someone's going to have to make decisions about where to go and when to do it and how to do it and when to stop and when to start. But God loves a cheerful giver. So let us ask Mother Teresa to pray for us tonight. That we might know that no matter what situation we're in, no matter how much unhappiness there is, that does not define our lives. What defines our lives is our relationship to Jesus Christ and our friendship with him. And he can get us through anything. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.